Asian Pop Nation on Sin 90.7. Hello everyone, welcome to Asian Pop Nation. You are tuning in to our first of April and also our last episode for season one. Woohoo! Let's talk through all the songs you just heard first. First being a brand new single from, dare I say, a music icon himself, Jackson Wang with the song called Blow. Our team are kind of obsessed with this super catchy new sound for Jackson and the music video as well, so check those out. But also keep an eye out on our socials at Asian Pop Nation, on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and also on the Sin website for our thoughts of this new track. Spoiler alert, it's a big thumbs up from me personally. Moving along, however, we also played another song which gets a big thumbs up as we played Kirari from Fujikaze. Which is an old single that comes from his latest album, Love All, Serve All. Thank you for joining us tonight with me, Leisha, and of course our APN team tonight of Senya, Tracy, Lee, JP, and Aaron, celebrating our final show for season one before our little one week break. Of course, we have heaps of topics tonight, ranging from the hit new K dramas that everyone and their mom is literally watching, alongside a new anime announcement from a popular web series, and some of our favorite songs, anime, and manga during this first quarter of the year. So come aboard as we not only have some great discussions tonight, but also an excellent selection of new Asian music. If I don't say so myself. First, with a little bit of a double whammy of songs from GOT7 members, since we played Jackson earlier, but now we're playing Yu Gyum, a favorite artist of mine, with his song titled Take You Down featuring Kugi. Once again, come join us for tonight's show on Asian Pop Nation. You are listening to Asian Pop Nation right here on Sin. My name is Leisha, the EP of the show, and you were just listening to some latest hits from Yu Gi Oh! featuring Kugi with the song titled Take You Down. We also played Angostura from Keshi's debut album, Gabrielle. And lastly, we played the latest Japanese single from Red Velvet called Wild Side. Personally, just love these trio of songs. Just wow. Speaking of love, however, or heartbreak, depending on the ending of these shows, we're going to be talking about two new K dramas that have been the talk of the town lately, like literally, as they're slowly approaching to their finales this week. If you're active in the K drama scene, you probably already know their names, but come join APNT member Lee and myself as we talk about the K dramas, Business Proposal, and 2521. So, usually when our team gets together and we talk about like K dramas and stuff. We usually have we usually have one main expert. Everyone knows her, knows her name, Miss Celeste. But she is currently MIA because she has better things to do. <laughs> just kidding. Um, she's just been very busy lately, and we instead now appointed a temporary K drama expert to come join us to talk about these two new K dramas, which. Honestly, even if you're not into K dramas, you just see their names like everywhere. These two titles and Leah. What are these two things we're talking about? Hi. Um. So, <laughs> one's called Business Proposal, and the other one's called Twenty Five Twenty One. Yeah, and it's yeah. like where like they're both on Netflix. Yeah, from yeah. what I gather. Yeah, and it's like they've just been they've just been like blowing up everywhere. Like again, like mm-hmm. Lee, tell us everything about this. These two. Okay. Two. So I've been watching both of them recently and I think I'm pretty up to date with both, but um, I only started watching since 
I have like friends in my Korean class that told me to watch it <laughs> and it's a good way to learn Korean. Anyways, um, so pretty much Business Proposal is the first drama and it's an ongoing 12-episode rom-com K-drama um, on Netflix, which is based off a webtoon with the same name. Uh, so it pretty much follows the story of Shin Hari, um, who goes on a blind date while being disguised as her friend Jin Yongsu, and in, she wants to like scare off her blind date because she doesn't want to get married yet. Oh. Um, so <laughs> when she shows up, she finds out that the blind date is actually her CEO, which is which his name is Kang Taemu. Um, yeah, and then on the second date, he asks. To marry her, I don't know. It's just so good. <laughs> Wait, but like, what makes okay? What makes it good? Because it's like, from my mm. understanding, yeah, it's it's just like, yeah, it's just like any other rom com genre. <laughs> like this is but but this one is like so popular because I've seen it. It's like currently, it's literally like number one most watched non English show at mm. the moment on like Netflix's global top ten thingy majiggy. And it's like, why is it so so popular? Is it because it has like a big webtoon fan base backing or like like what's um, going on so for me i haven't watched k dramas in a long time until these two came out mm-hmm. um i found that for business proposal i really like the actors like reactions and i guess they're acting as a whole because they're like it's like not like other k dramas <laughs> <laughs> in in a sense that like they would it's just like i don't know they're acting like, i don't watch a lot of other ones mm-hmm. damn i wish the list was here but <laughs> it would like the acting would be like ex- like explosive reactions mm. and stuff I don't know how to explain it but it's like it's very funny and like the first there's also like it follows two couples which is pretty common in k-dramas I think mm-hmm. and the first main couple is like sort of like a slow burn um like oh when are they gonna get together like when's he uh, gonna find out okay, who okay. she is mm-hmm. and then the second one is like they're like the pinnacle of romance and like yeah, I don't know. Both their plot, like both their premises of both couples are very uh, interesting, I would say. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because that's like what I, like when you, like when you search up business proposal online and stuff, the f- posters and stuff are like these four, you see the main four people and I'm like, oh, I wonder, like when you see four main characters in like a poster, you usually think like, oh my God, there's going to be like a love triangle, love square mm-hmm. or whatever. But But from what you're telling me, they're just too like, there, there, yeah. there's no there's no intervening there's yeah no- with the second couple the guy is pretty much the ceo's secretary oh, and okay. girl in that relationship is the main character's best friend who didn't want to go on the blind date mm, so yeah, yeah she yeah. fell in love with the C- the secretary instead mm-hmm. yeah yeah so this is just like this is like a cute like yes. rom-com and it's like so I'm guessing the appeal of it is just like, yeah, the acting is just very like the, the explosive. <laughs> is the word. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I would say so. How would you rate it so far? Because it's not over yet. It's yeah. ending like really soon. I think by the time we, week. yeah, by the time we have the episode out, this is, the whole thing will already end. So yep. <laughs> at the moment, eight out of 10, Ooh. just because like, it's not like a nine or 10, just because I think the story compared to 2521 is oh. weaker yeah i would oh. say 2521 is probably my favorite at the moment oh, oh tell, tell, tell us about this one the yeah. second one 25. so 2521 is 16 episodes um also on netflix and it pretty much tells the coming of age story of five characters spanning from 1998 to 2021 
Um, it's pretty much led by the love story between the characters Nahidu and Becky Jin, which is, and it's set in the 90s in Korea, I think. And mm-hmm. so it's, the characters face struggles in pursuing their dreams, and Hidu is and she's pretty much like an athlete fencer mm-hmm. and Becky Jin is a junior sports reporter whose family business was strongly affected by financial crisis but their story I reckon the drama is more about the plot um before the romance mm. which I think that's why I like it better because mm. it's not just straight romance like I I think right now I'm up to episode uh 12 I think um and like only two episodes ago did they start the actual romance. So the first oh, okay. like part was just plot and plot and plot. And it was like um it highlights not just like the friendship with mm-hmm. like the main character and her friends, but also like the relationship between her and her mom, who is like mm. a news anchor and she's like never around home. And her dad also passed away, and like it's just her and her mom. And then mm. it also highlights the story of the two main characters where she's like an athlete and Becky Jin is like a sports reporter. So mm-hmm. he, he, I think he has like exclusives. Um, report, like, wait, what, what am I saying? <laughs> so he would report about like fencing and stuff. Yeah. And also I don't think I've ever seen a show that talks about fencing or at least like not me. But mm. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting. Um, I would rate it like nine out of ten right now because oh my god it's like ending next week i think uh, okay so these two are like they're coming in close right now they like started they're like getting the hype around the same time and they're also ending like very soon yeah so there's like a massive cliffhanger as well (laughs) on the recent episodes and everyone's like oh my god what's gonna happen so yeah i think that's how that's where the hype comes from, all the cliffhangers. All the cliffhangers and stuff. And also, yeah, I've seen a lot of people say it's like um, 25, 21. It's particularly interesting because, again, it's set like, mm-hmm. I don't know, from what I read, it's like it, it, it like switches between like the late 90s and then switching it to current era where yeah. we live in right now. Does it do that? Like, it, does it constantly switch between the two like timelines or does it just like? So it's usually like at the start of each episode, the main character's daughter would like she pretty much found the main character's diary from oh, like back when she was a teenager okay, and would okay. just follow her like reading through her diary and oh, like oh. and pretty much having the same reactions as us whenever oh, the, okay. the guy oh. like yeah oh that's kind of cool though wait <laughs> that's yeah. kind of cool you I don't want to uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't want to say I want to pick up to watch stuff and then mm-hmm. uh we know what happens when it comes to me in series but um <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk in the next segment of the show that I actually <laughs> watched the whole thing before. But yes, I but, I know. <laughs> but yeah, Lee, I guess any like final remarks you want to make between the two? The um, two shows? Yeah, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Was that directed to the audience or just me? <laughs> Both. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like Lee said, you listener, watch it and like maybe watch it through Lee's recommendation maybe if you have already Mm. watched it like let us know what you think do you agree with Lee's like thoughts about these two dramas do you have like opposing opinions let us know any of your thoughts through Asian Farm Nation on our Twitter Instagram and Facebook yeah and thanks Lee for being Celeste 2.0 for this Um, (laughs) um... (laughs) 
Suddenly, it feels like love is in the air here on Asian Pop Nation as we just played three songs. First, from the 2521 OST Part 4, we have Wanstein's Your Existence, a seal of approval from our APNT member Lee. We also played Beta Doobie's latest indie rock track titled Talk, which is one of the three top picks from our playlist tonight, which you can see further on our APN socials. Lastly, we played the new track from K pop girl group Oh My Girl titled Real Love. Once again, the keyword right now seems to be about love and liking stuff, which I guess easily blends itself to our next topic tonight as the APN team talk about our favorite anime and manga during this season of APN. Since we are approaching the end of season one and the end of summer because it's Literally freezing right now as I'm talking to you, but anyways, without further ado, let the anime and manga pros of the APN team do a deep dive on all their favorites right now. Hey JP, can I ask a question? Yeah, man. Listen, for the spam of beginning of season one of this year, and especially, well, 2022, and until right now, today on April 5th, I'd like to ask you a simple question. And this is gonna be the stupidest thing I'll ever do. I'll never ask again in my life. Okay. Unless I'm just gonna be a fool offline. All right. Have you been watching anime? God, that sounds so weird. Have I been watching anime? Uh, yes.、Hmm. I have. You see, Aaron, I have been watching anime, but sadly, none of them that have aired this season. They're all quite old,、oh、unfortunately.、God. How about you, Aaron? Seriously? Yeah, seriously. No, seriously. I... You haven't. Oh my God. Yeah, I've just been re watching like Fooly Cooly. <laughs> Dude, we just, we just ended the winter season. Well, technically, winter 2022 in Japan, but this is summer we're talking about and also autumn as well for right now, anyway, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. I kind of have. Yeah. Okay. Well, what have you been watching? Tell us. Tell us. Well, we might as well get the juggernaut out of the elephant of the room out of here. Takatana season. Wait, Takatana, the final season part two. Might as well throw that out of the window right now. Mm hmm. We'll get to that in its own category once the final episode comes out, hopefully by the end of next week, but hopefully at the beginning of Monday next week. So I want to talk about that in the future. But right now, I'm going to say it's amazing so far, especially with the latest episode. It's just full on fighting after fighting. It's just really, yeah. And the plot twist. Okay. The plot twist. I realize I'm eating bread right now, which is even more sad. Why? What's wrong with bread? If you understand the show of reference, you understand why I'm eating bread. Okay. All right. I'll leave that to the people that know. Yeah, if you watch the show. Yeah.、Uh, yeah, what else have we got?、Uh, so far, I broke a rule that I'm not allowed to watch anything that is fan service, quote unquote fan service. Or anything risque, right? Yeah, risque, yeah. All right. Guess what?、I've, guess what? That rule has been broken by one show. Oh, no. What is it? What show is it? My Dress Up Darling. Oh, wait. What's the Japanese name for it?、A、Sono Bisque Doll or something?、Uh, Sono Bisque Doll Wa Kowa Suru. Okay. All right. Know, all right, what's that about? Because you know, I've seen a lot about this show everywhere, but I've never watched it. All I know is like there's this pretty girl with blonde hair. Yeah, that is、uh, Mar- Marion Kitakawa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the main yeah. character? Yeah, that's one of the main two characters. Yes. All right. Wait, what's the story about then? Because like, I don't know anything.、Uh, well, the story focuses on mostly on Gojo Wakana. Wait, Wakana Gojo. And he is a, well, he and a doll's, well, artist and all that. So we call it that, of course. He. Oh, he's he,、uh, Hina dolls are basically traditional dolls and all that stuff, and people make and create all that stuff.、Mm-hmm. One day, one day,、uh, main girl, popular girl,、uh, Marine Kitagawa, discovers it by accident. And the thing is, she doesn't mind Gojo, but the thing is, though, 
she also has a secret as well that she's a huge fan of cosplay. Oh. Yeah, she's a fan of cosplaying, yes. And thinking she's bad at making cosplays. And Gojo and uh, promises to make her cosplay outfits and all that stuff for the shows. And especially the story goes on, we eventually get to more about these two, especially how they interact with each other a lot more better into romantic comedy and all that stuff. Minus certain scenes in particular episode two. Huh, okay. But, you know, overall, this show sounds, like, actually kind of cute. It is cute, yeah. It has a yeah. lot of moments involved, which is really cute, and especially relatable in real life, and other things are just questionable. Okay. But the details to these characters, but the de- what makes it important is that the details of how cosplay has been made is really fascinating. Okay. Like, uh, have, what have you learned about, like, cosplay making? It's too much. You can either buy <laughs> the expensive stuff, or you can create from scratch. Right. Roughly going between, say, Depending on the fabric you use, it's probably, I'm going to rough guess, between 100 if not $300. Whoa, all right. Again, this is all together for one cosplay outfit. If not, you can go for the cheap version, which is like roughly around between $30 to $50. But again, it's just the fabric of use, but at the same time, you also get the cheaper way. It helps you better, it helps you get into character a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I recommend people watching it if you got the guts, like I did. I okay. Blame, I blame Amanda Lee for this one. As much as I like her singing, especially her YouTube channel, I blame her for making me into the getting involved in the show. And she does amazing jobs voicing Kitagawa. Oh, oh, she's the English voice actress. Yeah, English dub, yeah. And I like right. the dub a lot for this show. So, oh, like, the dub's good? Okay. The dub's good. You got like a bunch of newcomers and especially some quote-unquote veterans as well into this series. And I like oh. it. Oh, damn. This is a big production then. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying that, Aaron. Yeah. If, yeah, the last episode came out, which I think is probably the best one in my opinion. Oh. Yeah. Other. Nice, nice. Let's continue on. Uh, twenty fourth, my Tokyo twenty fourth war that came, that just recent uh just sold airing right now. This is from Cloverworks Well, same team that did well, Don uh, Dress Up Darling. Mm-hmm. Uh, superhero show from the dead. Uh, three people RGB all red, green, blue. Uh, basically trying to save Tokyo from. This is what I'm kind of fifty fifty on. I kind of stop at the same time. I'm still watching it, so I'm a bit lost in that one still. Okay. Yeah. Other that, um, what else? The Dead King that came out last year at Japanese Film Festival is finally got a schedule right now in Japan, which I haven't seen yet, sadly. He's over well. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. The Case Study of Vantius that came out as well. The second part of it, anyway. And this time we're focusing on what's it called? This time we're at, well, it looks like in the snow this time. If you don't know what that is, I don't blame you. I kind of got bored of it as well. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. Basically, human is now held in the block of Antius. A clock with Grimoire that is, well, Dawn of Vampires, that's it. We call it that in Paris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's interesting, but I kind of got bored of it. Oh, well. Right, okay. Yeah. How about um, manga, Aaron? Have you been reading anything interesting? Because I found uh, an interesting little manga that's still running. No, not with me, no. Okay, I'll tell you. I've been reading this manga called Scum and the Dog. Have you heard of it? Scum and the Dog? No, not scum and the dog, just just dog. Scum and dog. Yeah. You heard of that one? No. What's that you about? should you should search it up. The art's really good. Um it's such a big contrast to what you were saying with like the Son of Beast doll one. This one's just like really sad and depressing, dude. It's it's just it's about this dude. You know, he's graduated from high school and he's working like this dead end job somewhere. Oh. And uh you see he had two friends. One was uh, like this really popular guy that everyone loved. And and it was kind of like, uh, how do you say the relationship? It's like he was the loser. And then his friend was like the really cool dude. And just by being around him, he looked even cooler. So that, 
Okay. Yeah, that's the kind of relationship they had. And uh, his second friend, I forgot her name. I don't know why. Uh, but he liked this girl. But eventually, the best friend and the girl got married and they went off their separate ways. And he's like, oh, that sucks. I'm here alone in Tokyo alone, just working and stuff. But then all of a sudden, the girl comes back to the city, but without the husband. And that's where the big mystery happens. Like, what happened to the husband? What happened to him? Yeah, it's pretty dark, dude. You should read it. I guess I'll give it a shot one day. Yeah, yeah, go for it. It's um, lots of betrayal, lots of, uh, lots of dark, icky feelings, uh, but the art's really good. Dark, icky feelings? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight here on Asian Pop Nation. You are joined by me, Alicia, and the rest of the APN team tonight. You were just listening to a trio of songs, first coming from Indonesian rapper Warren Hui with his song titled W with Young Chris. We also played the song Ooh Ooh from Korean singer Tama, which maybe will help scratch your itch if you're looking for a song similar to another Korean artist called Huko. And lastly, we played the latest Go Crush concept song from the group Purple Kiss with their song called M.E.M. As promised earlier in the show, we will be jumping right back into our anime and manga favorites during the season one run of APN, since tonight is our last episode for season one before we take a small one week break. It's if you missed the earlier segments where we not only talked about anime, but also about the K-dramas business proposal in 2521, or you just want to catch up on more APN content, you do you. You can always find us under the name Asian Pop Nation Podcast on Spotify, Omni, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and also on the Sin website. Anyways, let's jump back to the anime and manga favorites right now. Anime attack! What about webtoons? What about those? I don't know. I haven't been reading many webtoons. How about you, Xenia? Been reading anything? Watching anything? Um, I haven't been watching much. Um, if I have been watching anything, I tend to leave it halfway, but that's more for the K-dramas, sorry. Right. Oh. Um, but there is this manga that I have been reading. It's still serializing um, and just started July last year. It's oh. called Love is an Understatement. Ooh. And I think this is an understated manga because it's absolutely gorgeous, even though it's only got six chapters so far. Um, right. It's one of those typical delinquent guy with a straight on the narrow high school girl. But uh-huh. it's just executed really nicely because this girl, you know, she's very self-sufficient, doesn't really need anyone to help her. This guy was in need of help after getting beaten up by some people. As so she do. helped. So she helped him told him where the nearest hospital was. And he found her one day to thank her um, and said that if you ever need help, you can, you know, call me on this number, right? So it becomes like this back and forth at the start of her finding out that she's in trouble and slowly coming to rely on him okay, a little bit more. And him sort of, um, I guess, like being in awe of her. And later on, he calls her like a samurai. She, he's <laughs> in, in awe of her sort of like um, uh, stubbornness, but she's like quite, will of iron. Yeah, huh? yeah. Uh, her iron will. Yeah. Um, so the the romance here is very uh, subtle. They they just sort of support each other. Um, and since we're so early on, there's still so much to develop. But um, yeah, I can't wait. But it's just a, quite a turnaround from what the author did previously. 
which was about this girl who was um, kind of perverted. Oh. Like wrote a lot of her fantasies on Twitter. <laughs> and then the popular guy at school fa- finds out. So this one's a oh, bit like more yeah, mellow. Yeah. Okay. The other one was a bit, it was funny, but hectic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I imagine. Man, I need, I need to read that too. Like, this darkness is too much. This scum and dog man guy. Jojo is the light dude. at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta go. You should kind of balance it out as like when you've gone. It's like mining, right? In right. Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? Or, How? Or just, like, or just like mining in general. Anyway. Okay. So you're like you're going down and it gets too dark and then oh. you're like I need I need light I need fresh air and then Shojo is the light and fresh air and then you can go back into the darkness once you've like recovered. Uh, I think I think a more appropriate um, analogy would be like being a whale. Like, um. No, <laughs> no, no, because like whales, they gotta come up to the surface to breathe now and then, right? I like whales, I'll go with that. I yeah, don't like mining, yeah, yeah, mining's like it's a dark and smelly and coaly, and it gets everywhere, <laughs> yeah, and it gets everywhere, you know, it's a real messy thing, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, but yeah, okay, that sounds cool, Zanya. I thank you. Mm. I am planning to get started on binging the season four part two. Attack and Titan this weekend. Oh yes, and then getting on to maybe Odd Taxi and some other stuff. Oh yes, do it. Thank you. I I will be back once I've delved down this dark hole. Yeah, I'll see you on the other side. No, you're not coming back out of the light. We still got your list to watch. Oh, I've I've made a list of some of the shows that have been mentioned over the past few months. Yeah, it's time to get on it. Oh, we got twenty pages right here for you. Wonderful. I've got I've got a month subscription, so let's pass the time, the quiet hours at work. <laughs> sure. I thought you guys excited for anything for well, spring twenty two animes coming out. I'm so behind, man. I'm still yeah, like same. two years no behind. <laughs> wow. Oh, I've got one. It's called um Spy Times Family. Oh Spy hey! Times. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Someone about, someone, about the, someone about the spy and the family, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, spy yeah. is the husband, the assassin is the wife, and the kid has psychic abilities. Wow, that's sick. Okay. Yeah, Can't wait for from, that. Yeah. This from um yeah, this is from animation studio with series with Cloverworks actually both animating this, but it looks of it. Cool, cool. And it's already announced for a sequel show. That should be coming out the same year, I think, if not next year. Oh my god, I got oh, one anime. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm I'm still no. trying to watch it wow. and I'm still no. not finished yet. But no. hey, that'd be next year. We'll talk actually, about that next no, year. no, no, Alicia. Now that you mentioned Jujutsu Kaisen as well, I'll throw in another one. Chainsaw Man. That's yeah. cool. Oh, oh. Mm. Yes, I'm so hyped. Yes, we too. We're all hot. Yeah, I've got one more. Oh, one more, one more. Jujutsu Bizarre Adventure Part. Oh, there's another part coming. Yeah, this year. What the hell am I forgetting on Louis' cool anime? <laughs> I legit the... forgot about jo- uh, <laughs> Oh, you don't like JoJo? I don't oh, mind man. it. It's just kind of a bit boring, to be honest. All right, we got to like. Okay, you don't you don't like though. JJK, so I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, JJK's story was not don't speak. great. Don't hurt. Wow. You hurt not don't. Great. <laughs> no. The only thing goes for is animation and fight scenes. That's it. Uh-uh. But everything else is just meh. Alicia's crying here. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't wow. care. About that. I'm doing blunt honest about it. Oh my goodness. Well, I don't care. JDK is great to meet. <laughs> wow. Well, Aaron, where where do you think um like listeners could go to make Leisha cry even more? 
Well, first I got to watch Bubble. No, first I got to watch Vampire of Adolis. Then I watch Bubble. And after that, they'll have, then after that they can subscribe to our channel. If not, have a talk about it on our Facebook on sin.com and also to follow us on on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yeah, thanks for listening on this little attack anime. We'll go with that anime attack, and we'll catch you all next time. And remember, wash your hands, wear a mask, get vaccinated if you can, and remember, everyone else is having a hard time battling in this world. This is Asian Pop Nation, since staple flagship show for all things Asian pop culture related and more. It's me, Leisha here, and you were just listening to three songs, which were requested from our amazing listeners. Thanks, by the way. We first played Matthew's request of the song Call and Goal from Japanese group Prima Porta. And the next two songs you heard were requested from Kanako, first being the song titled Rubbish with a smiley face from the band No Buses. And the second song played was by Aimon called Futaba. Fun fact, we actually had the pleasure to interview Kanako in one of our earlier shows this year. So wink, wink, be sure to check that out on our podcast. She's just really cool. What is also really cool is this really exciting news, especially for anyone who's a bit of a film buff, like some of us here at APN, as it involves the one and only Gemma Chang and her letting us all know about her latest movie project involving an old Hollywood star who goes by the name of Anna Mae Wong. So come join us as we spill all the beans about this upcoming biopic project. Is anyone here a big Gemma Chan fan? Yes! Yes. <laughs> yes, Aaron is crossed off the list. Okay, Aaron's <laughs> not a big fan, but Leisha, yes. I didn't say I was a big fan. I just questioned who is it. Oh, she was in the Eternals. She was in the Eternals. She's in Crazy Rich Asians. That's like her most like notable. She was notable the Green ones. Eternal. I don't know. Oh, the main female. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one who was about to marry Derek Snow. Yes, yes. yeah, yeah. But then ended up marrying the prince from the live-action Cinderella. Wait, you mean the prince from, like, as in Richard Madden, Rob Stark yes. from Game of Thrones? <laughs> yes. I'm so surprised you called him Guy I from Cinderella. Yeah, prince. I know. Okay. I was surprised that that was, was like, your what? first point of <laughs> like, I haven't okay. seen Game of Thrones. That's probably why the, <laughs> the most obvious reference just, like, slipped my mind. Anyway, we're not talking about Richard either. Madden here. We're Ooh, talking about Gemma Chan. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> Gemma Chan has announced that her next project is going to be a biopic of another legendary Chinese Hollywood legend, Anna Mae Wong. Now, has anyone here heard of Anna Mae Wong? Rings a bell. I think we need to clarify that her name is Anna Mae Wong, like as in the two names, Anna and Mae, not anime, the, the thing that Aaron and JP and Xenia talk about. I thought I was mishearing that at first. We're just going to mishear it the whole time as Anna Mae Wong. Yes. Welcome to Part uh, 2 of Animator. <laughs> Well, for those who don't know Anime Wong, she was famous for her films in the Hollywood Golden Age and also, I believe, some silent films. So she is quite legendary being one of the few Chinese-American actresses that were around um, and on the screen during this time, especially with much of the racism, discrimination, stereotyping. Um, that was happening during that time. So Gemma Chan is actually going to be partnering with Nina Yang Bongiovi in producing this movie alongside working title films. And she's going to be starring as Anna Mae Wong herself. Uh, also, Anna Mae Wong's niece, Anna Wong, is also set to be partaking in this project as a consultant, which is a good sign. 
hopefully they'll do her story justice. It's also an adaptation of a biography called Anna Mae Wong from Laundry Man's Daughter to Hollywood Legend. The screenplay is also going to be led by David Henry Huang, who is most known for being the first Asian-American playwright to win a Tony Award for the 1988 play M. Butterfly. I feel like last night looking through all I could find about anime, I'm just going to call her anime. Um, yeah, so I read through like all of her Wikipedia page and it was really interesting. She wasn't just like one of the first. You could argue that she was the first like Chinese-American movie actress who was notable enough to get top billing in movies. Towards the end of her career, she started starring in some things that were like written specifically for her. She has like a TV series of which like no copies survived, but it existed. It was cancelled after a season, but it, it existed. She's super interesting to read about because there was just so much crazy stuff surrounding being Asian in the industry. There was this thing called the Hayes Code, which was essentially a self-censorship thing that Hollywood used to follow and enforce themselves quite rigidly. And it basically meant that um, people who are not white couldn't kiss white people on screen. And this basically means that if you weren't a Caucasian, you had no hope of being a romantic lead or I guess any sort of hero in most movies. So she spent a lot of her career being like a villain or like just like random side roles and character roles. There was this one movie where she basically, the whole movie was set in China. And she had said for a long time that she had wanted to be cast in this movie because it was based on a really popular book. In the end, they ended up giving it to a white lady who then won the Oscar for it. So, you know, it was really common for like Asian girls to be played by white people. Would anyone here who hasn't heard much of Anime Wong watch a film with this? I mean, Leisha, you're probably going to watch it because it has Gemma Chan in it. Um, yeah you got me there I will watch it because Gemma Chong is there but also it's really interesting because I think Gemma Chong she's already had quite uh like an interest with anime Wong because if we rewind a little bit back to like the Met Gala what was it the last theme that they did was like a Hollywood type thing and everyone kind of everyone's outfits were a bit debatable but her dress was literally like I think a recreation of an anime Wong like dress that she wore in one of the films and stuff like that. Uh, Anime Wong is such an icon because it's such a like an iconic image the main style you associate her with is like flapper style also she was like like a big gay icon for the lesbian community she was fighting allegations all her life that she was a lesbian so you know she's just very iconic in general mm-hmm. I, I found a quote from her that's just great in 1933 she said i was so tired of the parts i had to play rather than real chinese producers prefer hungarians mexicans american indians for chinese roles <laughs> just uh, again the harsh realities of uh, hollywood uh- an interesting thing that like Xenia brought up a little bit earlier is yeah, she anime Wong, if you don't look too in depth in like Asian American film history and stuff like that, that name is not really super familiar. And I kind of like that we're actually gonna get biopics about very iconic people that not actually a lot of just general public people don't know a lot about because at the moment Hollywood is kind of going through a whole thing. There's so many biopics, so so many biopic movies coming out at the moment. And it's just, I think it's really cool that now 
this can be the start of actually having biopics of like people that the general public don't already know the full inside out of their entire life story and stuff. But yeah, that's my spiel. <laughs> so <laughs> if you are a Golden Age of Hollywood fan, or also are interested in learning more about Asian rap from that era, or you just love Gemma Chan, I'm sure you'll find something to love about this movie. I'm not sure if there's been any news of when it'll come out. It's still in the works. So we'll most likely be bringing this back up again. But let us know your thoughts. If you may know any anime documentaries or even other films, we'd love to check them out. And perhaps you can recommend them to us to share. Anyway, yeah, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at APN. Hello, everyone. This is Asian Palm Nation residing right here on Sin. My name is Lisha, and you are listening to tracks first coming from female soloist Kwon Unbi with her new song titled Glitch from her new EP called Sound Painting. We also have a cheeky edition with a second song following a very similar title from K-pop male group NCT Dream with their super catchy song titled Glitch Mode. And lastly, we played the song Never Never Land from the group Color, who, fun fact, are a eight-member Hong Kong girl group formed from a competition show. Not gonna lie, it's a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine watching all these like idol group making competition shows as well as also watching reviews online of shows that I've never even watched, like this very popular web series from Rooster Teeth called Ruby, which we will be talking about tonight, as this beloved show made a big announcement that they were getting an anime spin-off series. So a lot to unpack there, but let the APN team guide you through this very interesting news. Um, do you guys remember the show from ages ago called Ruby? And it was spelled like R-W-B-Y. Yeah. Yes, I yeah. Do. yeah, you remember Lee Aaron? Well, yep. do you yep. know that's coming back as an actual, like, legitimate animated anime, like, from Japan? What? Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Not? Yeah, everything's coming full circle. Isn't that crazy? Um, but anyway, this adaptation will be called Ruby Ice Queendom. And a trailer was released on March 26th to show this popular 2013 animated web series by uh, Rooster Teeth um, getting an anime spinoff. And that's going to release sometime this year, 2022. And in terms of who will actually be working on it, Rooster Teeth, they were the original creators Mm -hmm. of this thing. But the people that will be animating it are Studio Shaft. You guys who know that is, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Magical Madoka, from Killer Kill, Premier, and yeah, and you know Magical Madoka, Monogatari, the Nisekoi, and like a bunch of other really good anime. Wait, um, no, hang on. That's take back. I take my two statement back. Those from Trigger, wrong one. Oh yeah, those are Trigger, Aaron. Oh my god. Yeah, I just realized that. Okay, <laughs> Aaron, get <laughs> your studios right. No, that's the anime. I anime. I didn't call you out. I should have called you out. Anime but. Pro has fallen. I, I, I take my <laughs> statement back. I fix it up with Match Comes Like a Line and Nisekoi. <laughs> yeah. I take my statement back. Yeah, you better take it back. But either way, what we do know is that this anime is in very good hands, very experienced studio with a lot of good work behind them. And uh, for those that don't really know what Ruby is, I have a little synopsis here that I'll read out. But um, Ruby, as a story, is basically set in this world filled with horrific monsters that want to eat and kill everyone. And uh, it's humanity's job to 
not die. <laughs> so you explain that. So um, what humans have done, they make academies where they train up powerful huntsmen and huntresses, and they basically go out to hunt these monsters. So we have four main characters for this story. Their names are Ruby Rose, Vice Shni, Blake Belladonna, and Yang Xiaolong. These are four huntresses, and they're basically going into hunting academy to train how to be hunters, um, to hunt these monsters. And they have to work together as a team. They're literally assigned as such. They have to live in like the same, I guess, dorm room, work with each other for the duration of their career, I believe. Uh, but yeah, that's what the story is about. In terms of actual other background news, what we do know is that many of the original voice actors are actually coming back, both for the English and the Japanese dub. And the anime will also be getting a manga adaptation by Kumiko Suekane that will be appearing in the Karakawa's uh, monthly comic Dengeki Daio magazine. Um, so, wow, we're getting an anime and a manga for... <sighs> How do you say this? Okay, Leisha... You don't know anything about Ruby, don't you? Uh, like, I know it exists. I've seen mm -hmm. that, like, the Ruby girl, I've seen, like, I've seen the main four, their faces around. Mm. Um, and that's kind of it. Like, I just knew it was popular around, like, my circle at the time. At yeah, school, yeah. But I just never watched it because the Naka Light original animation looked really bad. <laughs> so I just, really? Like, well, like, that's the first three. Yeah. Seasons. Yeah. It's like mm. the first, first season when it just came out. I was like, oh, people hyping this one. Okay. Right, and then yeah. I just like, and I just forgot its existence. But yeah. Yeah. No, but I remembered being really excited about it. Like, it was so novel, you know, like the original, it was not Japanese. It was, this was like an American made production by a bunch of dudes that watched anime and they're like, oh, we should make our own and like make it 3D, <laughs> right? And make it sick. And, you know, it was like kind of cool. But now, it's full circle. It's now becoming like a legit Japanese anime. Like what a how the turntables. <laughs> you know, Lee. Do you have any thoughts on this? Because uh, I hear you watched this. Yeah, you watched uh, this when you're. Yes, I yeah. did watch this when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. I honestly thought that it was an anime back then. Really? Yeah, I I was young and stupid, but. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, weren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah, kind of excited for it. I don't remember the plot at all, so hopefully it will be interesting. Okay, how about you, Aaron? Do you, do you have any like fond memories of this when it first I came out? John the Ruby. Well, I want to call it the Ruby Band. I called the Ruby. I John Ruby around twenty sixteen, maybe seventeen. The last few years of my high school year, mm -hmm. and I thought it was okay. Then I got up to season four. I just kind of got slowly. What did you call it? Um. Board, yeah, pretty much. Okay, yeah. And then I, season, yeah, watch season five. I was 50 50 okay with it, but I still got bored. Season six, I'm just like, yeah, I'm disappointed. And then season seven, I just like, I give up. And hmm. I know there's a season eight out, and season nine's currently in development right now, but other than that, I just got really got not interested really with it. Yeah, in terms of writing, um, the original show is actually quite very clumsy in its actual writing, like, um. What I do know was that the writers, at least for the first season, they didn't really watch that much anime, so they didn't really know anything about what was going on. Um, in terms of like the actual production of the show, um, it was basically an excuse for Monty Um, God bless his soul. Um, he was basically the core, I guess, director 
of the series. The whole show is basically an excuse to make really cool fight scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's what he was good at. He was a very experienced 3D animator. He had a long career on YouTube just making cool fight scenes. Like, he'd get 3D characters from like Final Fantasy and just make them do these cool fights. That they're unbelievable. You should watch them. Um, but in terms of the actual story, it's very clumsy. So that makes me quite curious on how this actual anime is going to roll out. Like, do we know if it's going to be actually following the original story or is it going to be based on it? We don't know for sure. Yeah. Um, any closing thoughts on this, Aaron and Lee? They got General Bucci. I'm happy with that. Yeah, General that's right. Yeah. If you don't know General Bucci, he's the guy who uh, Rhythm Fate Zero, Monica Magica, the main one anyway. Mm -hmm. And well known Psychopaths. That. Yeah, Psychopaths. He was the writer for that. And, and, he, and his upcoming movie, Bubble, which that's probably the mo one I'm excited of the most. Bubble? Yeah. That sounds really innocent for, again, a Rubuchi film. <laughs> it's from the same director from Attack on Titan, the first three seasons. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. That's true. Right. But yeah, with Ruby Anime, I'm gonna leave it. I know I'm gonna make a rule, but I know I'm gonna say this, and I might get controversial, but I don't care. I'm gonna leave it as when the final... Two episode comes out of Aaron on so I'll start watching Ruby. That's it. Okay. So I know uh, it's basically gonna be retelling the whole first season, but with new elements involved. Hmm. But I'm gonna wait until like the last two episode comes out, then I'll start watching it. Can you imagine if they veered off and went on their own track though? How interesting would that be? That'd be really interesting, yeah. Yeah, that would be really interesting. Lee, any last thoughts? Um, yeah, I might do the same as Aaron. Leave it till the last two episodes come out and then binge it. If it yeah, got good reviews, I guess. Yeah, that sounds fair. Sounds fair. Wait and see how it goes. Um, but yes, Ruby, the anime, it's coming. You got if you got any thoughts about this uh, upcoming show, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. Hey, you're tuning into Asian Pop Nation, the Asian music hub here on Sin. We were just playing some great tracks earlier, all personal new favorites of mine, starting with Singaporean trio BRB with their new track title On and On. We also have a collaboration track from Malaysian artists Fugo featuring Heidi Moru with the song As Long As We Stay. And lastly, we had MXM Tune back again with another new single titled Sad Disco. MXM Tune is a particularly exciting artist to talk about as she just announced she will be touring right here in Australia during October this year. So ah, I'm super hyped and I just can't wait to score tickets of my own for her show. But yes, check out her upcoming shows online. Something else which gets me pretty hyped is our accomplishment in APN for getting to this point where we can say we're in our final show for season one. Uh, and I guess it's a fun way to commemorate this first quarter of the year. The APN team thought that we should gather around tonight to talk about some of our favorite songs during season one's run of APN, since we are a music show after all. So let's go. Well, today's episode, I'm not sure if Lisa EP has already said this, but today's episode of Asian Pop Nation is going to be our last of the season. And so it's a nice way to sort of bookends this very special episode of APN. We decided to just talk about some of our favourite songs that we've been listening to this year. We never really get to talk about music and we do actually all really like music. Um, you just anyway, never talk uh, about music for some reason. What's up with that? Okay. <laughs> hey, I'm trying. I'm trying here, guys. Don't come at me. I've already introduced more 
more music segments in the past like few months that we've been running compared to the entirety of last year. Yes, Zenya. Anyway, <laughs> oh, just speaking generally as like someone who's just joined APN, I think one of the reasons I wanted to join the show in the first place was to learn more about music outside of the genres I usually listen to. So. Before I joined, the only Japanese music I really knew was like city pop and like. Well, that's all、Kari. you need. It's all you need. Japanese city pop. City、yeah. pop is an interesting thing because yeah, like yeah. everyone likes it. Like if you don't like music, you like city pop. <laughs> yeah. Yes, my mum loves city pop as well. Really, and、yeah. like old people love city pop. It, it's like、wow. the one big unit, and weebs love city pop. Anyway, yeah, I because I did like two specials on it, like so I was researching it, and I learned a lot about it that way. But I had knew nothing、yeah. about actual like modern J-pop, so I was like, this will be a new way to learn about Japanese music. And along the way, I've discovered that like Taiwanese music is actually pretty lit, and they have a pretty good music distribution platform called Street Voice, which is like Bandcamp, but like if it was better, or if Bandcamp also、really? had like Stereo Gum editorials. Do you have any favorite Taiwanese songs of mention? Favorite Taiwanese songs? Okay, there is a song from like was it week four or something?、Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway, it was by Midi Yang. It's called Hungry. I really like that song. Like Taiwan music is just really good.、Uh, it actually has a lot of similarities to Japanese music. Really. And when you look at MVs, I notice they sometimes have Japanese subtitles and like Japanese comments. So it seems like there's a lot of cross promotion there. I guess、mm-hmm. because Taiwan used to be a Japanese colony,、mm-hmm. and like there's even a band which sings entirely in Japanese called Just Stout Girl. I pass it over to you, JP, because you're you're I'm guessing your favorite song or your favorite album for this first half of the year is probably Japanese. Yes, it is Japanese, and、uh, you know you mentioned city pop, and funnily enough, this is also city pop. It's a really old one. It's like one of the formative. Like, oh, like actual city yeah, pop. Yeah, like actual city pop. Not just like modern music with the bass line. No, 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 no. Oh like, my this god! This is actually like legit、Crazy. history stuff. So I found this artist named、uh, Masayoshi Takanaka. Have you heard of him? Oh yes. Yeah, he's so cool. So what he is, he's basically you know full on classic Japanese city pop. There's a really big like summery vibe to it, like really nice guitars, you know, really light, really funky. You know, lots of fusion going on.、Um, the dude himself is also really cool. Like, if you search up his album "All of Me," there is a photo of him skydiving, and like, it's just blue skies right behind him, and he's got you know thumbs up like this, and like he's smiling. Like his smile is so beautiful. It's the most beautiful smile I've ever seen ever. Like, Leisha, you're laughing, but I I really mean this, Leisha. It is the most beautiful smile I've ever laid my eyes on. It's great. And like beyond that, in terms of his live performances too, he's so cool. There's this one performance where he was playing on his guitar, but it wasn't just any guitar. It was a surfboard guitar. So it was like a big surfboard, and there were electric strings on it, and you know, there's a handle on it, and he was just playing. It's the coolest thing ever. He's such a cool dude. So yeah, that's what I've been listening to, Tracy. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. No, yeah, I actually yeah, came、know. across this. I bet you came across this on YouTube, right? It was yeah, yeah. The, the algorithm, man. <sighs> this this album is funny because the comments on this very specific upload that I found was full of people being like, "I don't know who this is, but his smile like brings joy to my life." Yeah, you know. I have now appointed this man as my new. 
my new sensei, my new pasta, <laughs> my new like lighthouse. Yeah, there are a lot of those <laughs> sorts of videos on YouTube, you know, like you come across it. It's like, oh, there are a bunch of like sad people in the comments. <laughs> I mean, the music is always really good. Yeah. Like the YouTube, the algorithm knows what's up. Yeah. Like yeah. it really does. That's my album. Has anyone else had a favorite that they found through the YouTube algorithm? Or not? <laughs> I have Every Summertime by Nikki. It, like when the album came out, it was, I already like listened to it. And then like on YouTube, she released like a music video and it was so nice. I cried. <laughs> while watching it yes i know what lee's talking about yes it's, there was like a short film and lee you mentioned it first to me i watched it and then i cry <laughs> yes yes just something about old people dancing together uh, was this a song that she did for the shang chi yes. soundtrack oh, i like that one mm. that was one of my favorites on the soundtrack that soundtrack had some nice songs on it like oh this could be a single off an actual album usually soundtrack albums are like a bit not as good <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's why that's I was good. surprised. Okay, speaking of R&B, one of the albums that I've really been enjoying so far in season one has been the latest album by Hikaru Utada, Bad Mode. My favourite song from it is Kimi ni Muchu. It's like a really nice R&B song. It's kind of like cold and warm at the same time, tender but still dancey. And I don't know, it, just, it, it takes my heart the song takes my heart into its hands and like plays it to the beat. Like that Adele song. <laughs> it just it makes me feel a lot of feelings. So yeah, that is a really nice track of a really nice album. Just a good album to listen to, especially when it's raining. Yeah, I searched it up just now and I'm listening to it. And yeah, it's it's a bop. It's a bop. It's a bop. It's a yeah. bop? No, it's yeah. a bop with a B O P. Yeah, but this album is really nice. Like, Hikaru Utada has been making good albums since she was a teenager. And really? she's a legend for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know her, right? Like, you, Yeah, I, I know her mostly. Her. Um, I know her mostly through Evangelion. Because um, in, you know, the rebuild Evangelion films, she does a lot of yeah. music, especially for, like, the credit scenes. Uh. Wait, is she the one who sing uh, Teen Eternity, uh, Pink Blood? Yes, that song is on this album. Okay. Oh, yeah. I ought to listen to her a lot more because I do. I have come across her quite a lot in my life. Like um, Kingdom Hearts. I remembered when I was younger. I'm pretty sure she did music for Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, she did. So yeah, she's been everywhere. So I don't know. I think I'll I'll give this album a shot, Tracy. Thank you. This is Asian Pop Nation here on Sin. My name is Leisha, and you are just listening to our final show for season one's run of APN, where we're now highlighting some of our favorite songs during this first quarter of the year. Starting first with Tracy's pick from Taiwanese artist Midi Yang with his song called Hungry. We also played Lee's pick of a great classic love track from Nikki called Every Summer Time. And lastly, we had another one of Tracy's picks from the very well-beloved Japanese artist Hikaru Utada with their song titled Kimi ni Muchi. As mentioned before, we're going to continue to talk about more of our favorite songs during season one's run of Asian Pop Nation. So without waiting any longer, let's continue our music conversation right now. In terms of like other releases from Japan, I have really, really liked this EP from a new indie rock group called Yoru to Sampo. Yoru to Sampo. There's like Yoru to Sampo. Okay. Yeah. And the album is called Hadaka no Sekai. 
but I don't have any translations or any of their stuff, so I'm just like struggling. But yeah, this album, like it's it's like seven songs. It's a really fun, sort of short indie rock album. And I guess the main thing about it is that for me, it's really consistent um, while having a lot of variety in like its textures and melodies. I tend to feel that with indie rock albums, like full length projects, they either tend to be like very mixed, like some really good songs, some really middling songs, some really awful songs. This is like very consistent. I really like the main singer's voice. It's kind of a bit bratty, but it's it's not grating for me personally. Yeah, I really like that album. It's fun. If you like indie rock, listen to it. Wait, Does Leisha, have- do you do you listen rock. to music, Leisha? Do you even <laughs> listen to uh do I even listen to music? Um no, I never um, listen to music in my town? life. For <laughs> Four Townies forever. You know what's up is my favorite. At least favorite is nobody like you. But anyways, no, I'm not gonna be talking about Four Town. Thank you. Even though yes, I do really like the two Four Town songs. Um, yes, I do listen to music. <laughs> so there's gonna be the obvious ones that I really like: Red Velvet's latest album, Feel My Rhythm. But I've already talked about it quite intensively in the past this is a really good new album but okay so one song in particular that i really like i put it on the run sheet in one of our more like earlier runs in in our february shows is from ravina and it's part of our whole album called asha's awakening asha's awakening as a whole is a very quite like meditative the last song in the album i'm pretty sure it's like a literal guided meditation by the artist herself but yes, Rush, it's a very almost like pop R&B mixed with a little bit of like Indian percussion. Um, that's just one song in particular I really like. If there's like an album that I really like, it would probably be um, if you know like K-pop groups from second generation, there's this group called TVXQ. Oh, True. wow. Yeah. If you know, you know, five member went down to two members. But yes, so now currently TVXQ is like, it's a duo group, but one of the members, Max Changmin, he came out with his own solo album, Devil the Second Mini Album. He's one of those artists where it's like, I just love his voice so much that anything he sings, I'm just like, wow, that's the best song I've ever heard. Maniac in particular is like a favorite of mine. It's theatric, that song. Very theatric. The music video is like a homage to American Psycho, the movie. Um, I'm really, again, I'm not the best at talking about songs, but I do listen to a lot of songs. Ah. I was going to segue after you talked about the meditative album, because I also have a meditative song. Mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of music specifically to calm me down because I get anxious really easily. And I need to just calm the heck down sometimes. And I found that the song that's been the best for doing this is a Korean artist called Her Hums and her song Modern Chaos. This song has saved me so many times, like when I feel really horrible and I just need something to calm me down. Or I can't sleep and I need something to lull me to sleep. I'll listen to this song. Oh, yeah. I definitely need that because I'm so bad at sleeping. Like, I need to go to school for sleeping because I'm just so underskilled. I would say um, you're talking about meditative um, music. There is one artist I quite like. His name is Haruka Nakamura. And he does a lot of interesting, like, calming, I guess, ambient sort of music. Like, one of my favorite albums of his is called Still Life. 
and most of it is just piano but the way he's recorded it when he presses the keys you can actually hear the keys being pressed down or like the creaking of the pedal as it's being you know pressed down as well and there's a really like nice gentle atmosphere it's like you're in your grandma's house or something and she's playing something nice for you as you're like going to sleep it's like that yeah we all need albums like that yeah we like do. i think the albums i end up liking the most are like the ones that are like really poppy but the ones i end up listening the most to are the ones that i need to listen to to sleep yeah those so, are like just straight up functional we need yeah. those that's so yes. interesting yeah mm. i think I'm, I'm quite notorious like my friends who like stalk by listening activities it just knows straight away i'm just like my preferred songs that i just tend to reach through all the time is always just the word tracy is, is the boppy <laughs> more like fast paced i guess which is why i tend to like stick with like k-pop uh. how about you aaron what songs do you enjoy plugging into your ear holes well majority of this season hmm. well we can start with the obvious elephants in the room attack on time's opening and ending so we might as well get them out of the way the Rumbling by Sim, which I'm not a fan of heavy rock metal, but The Rumbling is the only one I like. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. The minute I was play for my old job, I play that song in the back way too many times. And I got caught on the floor too many times playing that song as well. Or me just screaming in the back. But I like the ending a lot more, to be honest, which is Akuma no Ko by Aihiguchi. Aaron, I got a question for you because you mentioned you like the ending, right? When it comes to anime, do you usually like the opening songs more or the ending songs? Ooh, that's a tough question. Yeah. It depends really on the show. It depends on the songs as well. Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, for me, I find consistently I always like the ending songs much more. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because I find they're usually a lot more mellow. I guess they're like they're a lot more mellow and melodic, you know. But then the openings they're usually like really hardcore, like whoa, da, na, na, na. it's like super, you know, whoa, yeah, because you know it's like the front man, right? It, that's the face of the show. But then the ending, that's when like the more subtle things kind of rise up, you know? Yeah, right, yeah. Wait, Lee, what what's your take? Opening, ending? Um, it depends. Hmm. I think uh, I just like it for what it is. If it's good. Like some of the Naruto endings, amazing. Oh, and oh yeah, endings are good as well. Yeah, no, but the endings are like there's something else. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. like, damn, I'm depressed. I'm gonna listen to this now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they're good overall. Yeah. It's so interesting how essentially Japanese anime endings and openings are kind of like Korean OSTs. Like they fulfill a similar function. Really. Yeah, but they have completely different, like, styles that they go to, right? Mm. Because Japan, in general, is not as ballady. Oh, Japan still likes its ballads, but their openings and endings are not all ballads, whereas, like, K-drama OSTs are, like, now synonymous with ballads. Right, And yeah. honestly, yeah, it's because, yeah, they're all produced by, like, specific ballad songwriting teams that write, yep. like, 200 songs in three months wow, or something. Wow, really? And they just churn them out like crazy. What's the what's the relationship between, um like, K-dramas and music there in Korea? Because I know in Japan, um, the anime industry and the music industry, they're kind of, they have, like, a symbiotic relationship. They kind of prop each other up. It's definitely yeah. the same in Korea. I'll say that, like a lot of indie artists get. I feel like they get like most of their consistent income from OSTs. Right. Yeah. Like, people like Gummy and Punch. I do not know any of their actual songs because 
they're mostly known for their OSTs. Mm-hmm. Well, even people like Sonu Junga, like Sonu Junga is an amazing, amazing singer songwriter, mm-hmm. but people only know her OSTs, and that's so sad. Yeah, I think yeah, same yeah. goes for Sam Kim. People only know Luffy like that, and I'm like, okay, he actually wrote that song, but like I, I like his other stuff better. So there's this interesting thing where often you have really good singer-songwriters who have like built up critical acclaim and built up enough of a profile to then be given OSTs, which often aren't as good as their own work, but become mm. way more famous. Right, yeah. And importantly, give them fat stacks so they can continue to make actual music that is good oh. on the side. Wow, that's such an interesting relationship. Okay, guys, this is a segment just to prove that we do actually listen to music sometimes. We actually sometimes pick music to play on radio shows. It's crazy. Anyway, um, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and also the Spotify podcasts on Asian Pop Nation. Greetings to everyone who is listening to us right here, right now on Asian Pop Nation, whether live on air or on our podcast. It's me, Leisha, the EP of APN, and you were just listening to the final doses of some of our team's favorite songs during season one's run of Asian Pop Nation, since we are on our last episode of the season. We first played JP's pick with, which is like an oldie but a goodie track from the 80s called Silent Screamer. By Tashiro Yamashita. We also played my pick from K-pop artist Max Chunmin's Devil's Album called Maniac. And lastly, we had Tracy's pick from Japanese band Yoruto Sampo with the song called Shito. As I mentioned just now, our show today is our final APN show for season one before we take a short one-week break. But just rounding up what we talked about tonight, we not only delved into our own personal favorite anime and manga and songs, during our season one run of APN, but we also talked about the K-drama business proposal and 2521 and some fun media news from actress Gemma Chang and also from the web series Ruby. I just want to take this moment to like thank our APN team tonight of Xenia, Lee, Tracy, JP, and Aaron, but also to our other behind-the-scenes team members such as Jenna, Ethan, and Celeste for just being a really fantastic team to be a part of for season one of APN. I'm just really excited to see where we go for the next seasons. And of course, thank you as well to our listeners for tuning into our show all the time. Whether this is your first listen or many listens you've had of our show, thanks for being around. We really do appreciate you guys a lot. Before we take our one-week hibernation, we still have a handful of songs for you tonight, starting with a collaboration track from Taiwanese artists, Lee Me featuring Emma with their song titled Ice Cream. This song also comes from the LP titled Bad Babe. Remember, you can always tune into Asian Pop Nation every Tuesday from 8pm onwards right here on Sin, and listen to our Asian Pop Nation podcast available anywhere you stream your podcast. Hope everyone is warming up with the cold season approaching us, and good night, everyone! Bye!